Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Welcome to Minisode 131 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Ho, ho, ho! Someone's in the festive spirit. Yeah, yeah, we're coming into it. I've got my tree up. We've broken out the theme now. That's us well and truly into it. Yep, we're here, we're here. How's your week been? Apart from, obviously, like you say, just kind of sprucing things up and getting a little bit more Christmassy. I've got to be honest with you, Mitch, it's been quite busy with one thing or another. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. How about you? Pretty good, yeah. Um, What's your situation work-wise over Christmas? Can I, I know we don't dip into day job stuff too much, but like, are you looking like you're going to have a little bit of a, a little bit of time off, a little bit of a break? Sadly, not really. I think I've got somewhere in the region of four days off around about Christmas, and then again, I think the same at New Year, but... I've got that, you know that weird nether zone week that you get in between Christmas and New Year? Yeah. I've got a few days there where I'm going to have to visit the day job and do some day work. Yeah, I have I have to do at least one or two of those as well. Uh, but we'll get there. Also, on that subject, we will be kind of clarifying what the schedule is for the show for the next couple of weeks pretty soon as well. Yes, yes. I believe we'll be doing that at the end of this show. Yeah, you know what? I think we're just about there. So I think we're just about ready to reveal those plans, I would say. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Lovely. Now... Yes. What have you watched this week? Uh, just the one this week. One that I've been looking forward to for a while and just became available this week on Shudder. Uh, checked out anything for Jackson. Ah, this is my only viewing for the week as well. Well, I kind of like it when this happens. Yeah, um, me too. When we, when we can kind of dig into this. Now, uh, so anything for Jackson. I want to talk about something re- that I found out about this in the course of my research for this morning. Oh, right. Um, that I thought was interesting. So anything for Jackson is directed by a guy called Justin G. Dyke or Dick. Yes. And this writer-director team have previously done an entire slew of, like, Netflix original slash Lifetime-style Christmas films. <laughs> okay. Like, almost exclusively, that is what they have done. For instance, I watched a few kind of ropey Netflix Christmas films last year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Me too. Uh, in fact, I think that they may have done two that I watched uh, last year. Christmas Wedding Planner and also Christmas with a View. Right, okay. Wow. So I'm unsure of the path from making Netflix Christmas movies to making what I think is a very accomplished horror film. Yeah, yeah. I got to come right out and say, I thought this was fucking brilliant. I thought this was amazing. Uh, big hereditary energy off this one for me. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, maybe not necessarily quite as good as that film, but very, very interesting. Worked a lot in a kind of subversion um of tropes of characters of expectations and things like that mm-hmm. you want to talk about what it's about uh it's basically about a, an older couple whose grandson jackson has passed away and they kidnap a young girl who's not far off going full term so her baby's due kind of imminently and they set about installing uh, the spirit of jackson into this unborn baby yeah uh-huh like a reverse exorcism is kind of how they're discussing it right yeah mm-hmm 
Now, obviously, you have seen a lot more stuff than me. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but I cannot think of another instance where this has happened in a film that I've seen. Can you think of one? No, 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 no. I mean, I can't think of it when it's been done like this before. Obviously, there's things like Rosemary's Baby and stuff where there's been demonic spirit kind of placed into a body right that's that kind of thing's not new like that's when rosemary's baby is kind of given to her by the devil really after a trippy night a demon banging <laughs> i believe that that quote is lifted wholesale from the film yeah <laughs> it is, yeah it was the 60s it's fine um but uh, <laughs> it's progressive times i can't think of anything else that's done it quite like this yeah, so the uh, the kidnappers are this kind of elderly couple because, like you say, it's their grandson mm-hmm. who's going to spit it or essence they're trying to put into the chair. Again, really interesting. I think that this film has its tongue in its cheek for some of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that is kind of about the, almost about the fact that these two are these very unlikely kidnappers and very unlikely people to be tangling with like demonology and things like that. And I think that the humour mostly is kind of derived from that. The whatever humour is here is kind of derived from that. I do think it does get quite funny at points and I don't think it's ever over the top. I think it does quite a good job of juggling its tones because like, there is an element kind of towards the, the the middle of the film, really, where it kind of becomes like a comedy of errors. Yeah, aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. And we talked about this before. I think we talk about this quite often in terms of like where films often fall down, mm-hmm. which is where like if you can't balance those things right, then everything kind of falls to bits because it's not it's not funny enough to be a comedy horror and it's not scary enough to be a straight horror. I think that this walks that line very precisely. Yeah, and I, I want to just say to people now, if, if you're coming here looking for something that's funny, don't, because it's not, not particularly funny. There's just some more light-hearted moments and some stuff that will catch you off guard that will elicit a laugh, but it's by no means a comedy. Do not mistake the fact that we're talking about this and the kind of the funny elements of it as us painting as this as being like this whimsical horror comedy romp because it is also not that it's definitely not that there is some absolutely nightmarish imagery in here like there's some real moments where i was like oh i don't like that there there was uh there was one in particular i don't want to talk too much about the specifics of those things but like but there was there was one in particular um i'll just say teeth lady oh yeah okay Um, got you (laughs) that the combination of the visual and the sound design really shat me up. I, I think I like I think I'm I think I winced out loud at that. Yeah, you know I've got a bit of a trigger when it comes to teeth. I'm not a fan of anything to do with the teeth. It freaks me out. Um yeah. but also I thought that uh, I'm gonna say plastic bag guy. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty Horrible. unsettling imagery. Yeah, um this is really, really good, actually. Um mm-hmm. I think that like because there's because there's maybe like five or six things that are coming to mind. Oh, in terms of like individual moments where I was like, oh, that's gross slash scary slash disturbing. Uh-huh. But it doesn't also feel like this kind of like endless hodgepodge of unconnected scary imagery, even though there's not necessarily a massive connecting thing to sure. mm-hmm. the visions that you see. <laughs> I think that it does, it kind of just all lands with this nice build. It never feels like they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. It's just a very scary film. Yeah, and I, I think that the, the kind of three lead performances, Julian Richings in particular, uh, I thought were really, really strong. I also got to say, Mitch, I was a big fan of the exposition delivery vessel that they brought in. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad as delivery vessels go, I would agree. So, yeah, anything for Jackson. If you like that, it's available on Shudder pretty much everywhere, as far as I can tell. 
get on this. It's really, really interesting. I'm going to recommend this wholeheartedly. I think if I was venturing to put my top 10 together, I think this would appear in my top 10 for the year. And it is getting towards uh, kind of time to start thinking about those things because I thought this, I kind of had the same thought when I was getting to the end of this yesterday. I was like, it's probably going to be in mine. And I was like, what else is going to be in mine? See, that's the thing. I mean, I know we normally, or now certainly, I think last year was the first year we did it, where we put together our favourite films of the year. Yeah, I kind of feel like I, I'm fine with doing that again. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping you would say that. Also happy to go ahead and do our favourite show moments from the year. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've, I've actually got, um, uh, I've got something to mention about that in feedback. Oh, um, right, okay. But yeah, definitely, definitely get a couple of year-ender things on the go. So, as you said, that was kind of both of our main viewings for this week. However, you, my friend, are on a side quest at the moment. I am, and uh, do you want to tell the people a little bit about that? I would be happy to. So, after a long spell of me being the side quest person, the side quest venturer, um, on the side quest thrill seeker, <laughs> on uh, on the show, uh, initially with the shot waves one hundred, and then on to the nineties horror side quest, which I think we can all agree outstated. It's welcome. Um, <laughs> Um, we decided that it was time to pass the torch to you um, mm. and let you finally be the one to do a little bit of exploring, watch things for the first time, check things out. And, um, absolutely. All, like, in some cases, like literally. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll let you get in, get in amongst a side quest, kind of of your choosing. We had some suggestions. We kind of mulled things over. What we settled on was... Nature Gone Wild. In which you burrow through, ideally for first viewings, creature features of any description ideally from what i can tell so far fairly silly and often called from amazon prime <laughs> this week's no different i have to say <laughs> on both of those on both of those scores yeah? yeah 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 okay in that case without further ado what did you go for this week so went on to amazon prime and uh, <laughs> okay. i went back to 1981 for enzo okay. castellari's the last shark Okay, right, I gotta ask, where did all the other sharks go? Well, see, I, I'm not convinced that, uh, unless I missed something, I don't think it's the last shark. <laughs> okay. It might be the last okay. shark in this very small area, but, uh, I mean, if that's the, I mean, if that's the case, it's only because this shark's very big and hungry. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think that this is the last shark in the sea. Okay, okay, so potential misnomer there, right? In that case, I think that me interrogating the plot makes less sense than you just telling me what's actually there. I can give you a synopsis if you want. I'd be delighted, yeah. Uh, yeah. An enormous and angry 35-foot great white shark takes revenge on humans when they build a beach just for swimmers by a coastal town. After several <laughs> shark attacks and the mayor does nothing to stop it, James Franiscus and Vic Morrow sail in pursuit to stop it. Now, that might sound a lot to you, Mitch, like another film that you've heard of. It does remind me of uh, of something, yeah. Uh, mm. It's ringing a couple of bells. Yeah, now, uh, this film was sued by Universal for that very reason. Okay, okay. So so it's not just you and me that it's ringing no, bells with no. it. And madly, saying. not the first film I've mentioned on this show that has been sued by Universal for coming too close to the plotline of Jaws. What was the other one again? I can't remember. It was only a couple of weeks ago we talked about it yeah. as well. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it also suffered from a similar fate as the, as the last shark did, but... Do you know what? I didn't mind this. I think it, in, in some territories it was packaged as a sequel to Jaws. I think it's better than three or four. Okay, hot take. Is it a hot take? Because they're not good. 
I suppose not. Maybe not, actually. Maybe that's not what the term hot take was built for. This isn't good either, I have to say, but it's it's the best sequel to Jaws that isn't a sequel to Jaws. Got you. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So, uh, The Last Shark. The Last Shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not bad. Not not bad at all. Uh, I've seen much, much worse on this so far. This is firmly middling. But I would absolutely say if this is if you're looking for sharks bringing mayhem to a small town while a, a mayor ignores the evidence as presented to him, go and watch Jaws and Jaws Two. <laughs> I mean, I can't really, uh, yeah, I can't really, uh, I can't really fault your reasoning on that. Um, this one I mentioned actually, and um, we've got some more stuff to talk about. I'm ref the Sohom Christmas Horror Festival that's sure. coming up on the 18th and yes. 19th of December. But um, that is hosting the UK premiere of Santa Jaws. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I'll have so, more on that in the fullness of time. I was going to say, so yeah, the, the, uh, your uh, Nature Gone Wild side quest could solve itself that week, potentially, if you're of a mind to have that one. Yeah, I'll maybe, in the, I'll maybe be in the sea for a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little bit more paddling around still to be done. Mm, apparently most shark attacks happen while people are paddling. It's not so much swimmers that are attacked as as it is kind of people near the beach. So be careful, paddlers. One, th- <laughs> I do like the fact that um, so much of your viewing comes with accompanying research like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got everybody's back covered at all times, Mitch. Don't worry. I want yeah. this show not just to be silly, uh, not just to recommend films to you, but I want it to be informative as well. I want people to go away thinking, going didn't expect that yeah i laughed and i learned something today yeah so what have they been saying they've been saying plenty on the feedback this week uh, so big thank you to everybody that's been getting in touch um a, a few things here and there on this past week's episode mm-hmm. big thank you to benny loves you director carl holt for joining us to talk silent night deadly night Yes, yeah, big love for that. I had an absolute blast with that episode, I have to say. And even while I was editing it, I was chuckling and giggling away at some of the stuff that was said. Uh, I thought Carl was very funny. I agree. I kind of had the same experience with Sam uh, the week before when I was editing it as well, Mm -hmm. because editing can be fairly arduous work, and it is fun to always go through it when you're just enjoying what's there. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've had a couple of people on who are Mm -hmm. very funny recently. (laughs) Uh, yeah, not least Carl, and uh, somebody who agreed with that was our pal Lauren Ashley Carter. Uh-huh, yes, of course. Getting in touch saying, I tried to listen to this on the treadmill and almost ate it. This is fucking funny. Um, more on Lauren in the fullness of time, um, but a different Lauren now, Dr. Lauren McIntyre, saying, mm-hmm, yeah. does he think you put the balls in? At who else but Mitch, I just nearly crashed my car. <laughs> Okay, I didn't mean to. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cause any trouble. Exercise a little bit of caution, guys. You know. Please, please do. Okay, so I've also got something um, coming in from Kian O'Brien on Silent Night, Deadly Night. Well, not so much on Silent Night, Deadly Night, but it was in relation to that episode. Coming to the end of a particularly shitty Friday, it's nice to have a new strong, violent PC to raise the spirits. Kian, I hope that our episode on Silent Night, Deadly Night did indeed raise your spirits and bring a smile to your face. Yeah, um, again, I like kind of hearing about when we can perk up people's days, so hopefully that was one such case. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really hope that he wasn't like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this, and put a ton of, like, well, that was shite, and now I feel worse. 
Thumbfans TV, uh, in the spirit of both the festive season and this week's episode, uh, nipped in by Fop Covent Garden this week. Other shops are available and picked up the uh, one-on-one films, Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2 package that you were talking about on the show. Got to say, Mitch, on the high street, not many shops are available. Yeah, a diminishing amount of shops are available, but there are still some other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Yeah, that's the one I've got, the one-on-one films box set. And actually, if you, you remember in the episode when Carl was talking about the documentary, I think it was called um, Sleigh Bells, blah, blah. I can't remember what it was called, but it was something festive, a festive pun that was essentially a documentary about the story of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, yes. Carl asked the question, had I seen it? I hadn't. It's actually in that box set. You know, um, it did cross my mind, actually, when I saw the when I saw Stevie's tweet and I listened back to the episode, I did wonder if it would maybe be on there. So, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's there. Uh, so I will get that watched. Um, James Rodriguez, getting in touch as well. Yes. I watched this last night and found it pretty enjoyable. There's something about seeing an eight-year-old Dex Santa, which gets me in the festive spirit. Uh, that sequence is hilarious, and uh, he did also manage to dig up a gif of that as well, which yeah. I was not certain would have existed. Very funny, very funny. <laughs> yes. Andre Martins at Callahan getting in touch to say that it's not just a fun episode, but also a bit of sex education that everyone should listen to. Now, I think that might be in relation to having sex on pool tables and whether or not you've shaved your gooch. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there, really. Yeah, I think you can make in reference to a number of different um, uh, instances in there, I would say. Also, on my favourite line in the episode, when Carl said that razors are for throats, not for asses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was also that was also my episode highlight. Yeah, just saying that if you are using a razor on your asshole, don't use it on your neck as well. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, like if you're insisting on doing both, don't make it the same razor. Yeah, have a separate razor for your asshole and one for your throat and face. It's rules to live by. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. We had a couple of things this week that I don't want to dip too far into, but um, we had a few things that were just people generally kind of like saying nice stuff and flagging up some things this week. And part of that was to do with um, Spotify Wrapped. Oh yeah, of course. Wow, that was um, that, some of that was absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get too far into the specifics of it because it just sounds like we're just going to be like patting ourselves on the back too much. So I don't want to really do that too much. But um, uh, a couple of people did mention that we'd showed up as kind of like in amongst their top podcasts for the year and things like that. A couple of mentions just quickly to uh, Feebony, who somehow managed to invest thirteen thousand minutes of our time. That's nine days. In, is it actually more or less, give or take? Yeah, but very close to nine days. Nine unbroken days without sleep. Jesus, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just choosing to believe that that's how that happened. <laughs> like she just, she just sat down one Monday morning, and then the following Wednesday was like, well, that was enjoyable. Do you remember in Ren and Stimpy, right, where they would do a close up into either Ren or Stimpy's eyes, and it would go into that super kind of detailed imagery, and it would just be veins and like just eye crust and all that stuff it got like super gross and super detailed that's yeah. what you would look like after nine days of listening to us like it would be <laughs> demented to do that absolutely speaking of that actually uh, bill carr also managed to listen to 13 episodes of us in a day <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to think it was just sat in the one chair like not moving just surrounded by snacks yeah, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that that was what it was as well. He, he says he's got no recollection of it, which suggests that he might have repressed it. <laughs> or worse, listen to us while he slept, because that's a far more insidious way to let us into your brains. Oh God, yeah, no, that's uh, playing a very dangerous game. Just also very quickly, I put something on the Chud Locker, because like you see, we're kind of closing in on the year ender, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I was just kind of broadly just kind of uh, trying to do a sweep to see what people's uh, favourite episodes were. 
Um, so I just said, what was your favorite moments? What were your favorite episodes from this year? What happened instead was that a bunch of people just kind of uh, came forth and said loads of really lovely things about listening to the show this year and stuff like that. And um, I'm not going to read them out because some of them are quite personal and some of them are uh, like quite long. Yeah. But I just want to say that like we went back and looked at all of them. And uh, I know that, Andy, you generally don't see Chudlocker stuff, but I did forward them all to you as well because I thought that mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, worth you having read them. But just it has been really nice to hear how we've figured in a lot of people's years this year with this year being so shite yeah yeah um, guys this year's been a more or less a washout for everyone involved so uh it's it's delightful to hear that we may have contributed to it being just a little bit better at times yeah that really does mean a lot so um yeah like i say i didn't want to dig too much into what everybody actually said but i did want to just acknowledge the fact that uh that made uh that made our days and our weeks this week yeah that was absolutely lovely and actually on that subject i've got a comment from recent patron Michael Donahue at Blue of Shoe on Twitter, just mm-hmm. saying, I've uh, been listening to Strong Violent PC with me and you for quite some time. They always make me giggle, have incredible guests, and of course, those strong Scottish accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad I finally had the scratch to join their Patreon. Dig horror, give them a listen. Michael, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you so much for kind of coming out of the, the woodwork and emerging from just listening to us to kind of tweeting at us and joining our patreon it's absolutely lovely thank you so much absolutely yeah 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 you got some other stuff to get through a couple of things uh i've got something on the toxic avenger okay the shakes at the shakes 72 by the way happy birthday dave i believe it was your birthday yesterday because we are recording on a sunday Mm -hmm. uh getting in touch to say the strong violent pc toxic episode was good today keep forgetting that andy makes stuff is older than he looks slash acts thanks (laughs) thanks for that and I was in stitches over the Bravo box. Yeah, the Bravo box was a, a, a kind of learning tool for me, I would call it. Darren Gaskill also remembered Bravo, having a pang of nostalgia there, uh, saying that he saw some great stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that, like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that opened a nostalgia box for a few people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on from that then to Dan Popomatic. A couple of things from Dan here. First, taking a trawl back in time, quite a long time ago, actually. Listening to the episode of Strong Violent PC with the movie Mike, that's obviously Mike Munzer from Evolution Horror, while mm-hmm. doing some overtime, and I'm so hungover that hearing the host of one podcast on a different podcast is hugely disorienting and unnerving. <laughs> I have a funny feeling, though, that after the initial kind of disorientating and unnerving part of that, it would not take long for you to tell us an Evolution Horror apart. Yeah, yeah, I think totally there's, there's quite a difference. Dan also saying that he has now noticed that there is an episode of our show about his new favourite 80s slasher, Pieces. Ah, classic indeed. Hashtag bastard, bastard, bastard. (laughs) Um, And by the way, there may be a pieces connection yet to come in this episode. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. Peep my curiosity there as ever. Um, I just want to quickly summarise. Have you got anything else, by the way? No, that's it. Okay, cool. In that case, I just want to very quickly summarise what's been going on in the Chudlocker this week. Uh, The Bad Movie Club conversation is raging on, as it so often does, which is great. And just want to say a quick hello to Stephen Wales, who discovered that Amazon Prime now has a hosting a watch party function. Yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. Very interesting development. Uh, Stephen, knowing his target audience there, immediately tagged me, Stevie, James Duffy and Andrew Barron. Sure, sure. You like the musketeers of shite. (laughs) <laughs> very much so speaking of andrew his uh month-long watch along of uh, crap while he's been away with his work concluded this week right um 
and he did once again post decent sized synopses of everything that he's been watching so i just want to mention very quickly the film the children from 1980 okay that he watched um which uh, the synopsis that he gave read a leak at the nuclear power plant transforms a school bus full of kids into sinister black-nailed zombies intent on melting the local townsfolk with their radioactive hugs that sounds delightful I would watch the living daylights out of that, and I probably will. <laughs> I think that that sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, if you scroll back through the Chudlocker, uh, Andrew has been posting weekly summaries of uh, the stuff that he's been getting in amongst, and uh, it has been very, very fun to read. Also, I just want to very quickly say hello to Canel, who recommended us a film from YouTube this week called Satan's Storybook. Oh, lovely. Um so he said, I'm halfway through this and it definitely goes in here for you lot. Came up in my Tubi recommendations, but I found a copy on YouTube for easy access. 1989 shot on video, so the quality is what you'd expect. It's mm-hmm. an anthology and the wraparound is that Satan has had his wife kidnapped by some ninjas, so he's sad and demands to have stories read to him. <laughs> I like that a lot. I want to just say that anybody who hears that synopsis and doesn't immediately want to watch that is no friend of mine. No, no, get gone. Uh, so that's Satan's Storybook, wow. and uh, that's available on YouTube. And he's and he concluded with this one is off its head. Get involved. Yeah, and that feels like something that Brad Henderson would be all over. Absolutely, yeah, right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that is my lot, I believe. Ah, oh, shit, mine too. <laughs> It is once again time then for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He'll have photoshopped out the title, the tagline, any other identifying text. All that will be left will be the image. It will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis as well. We'll post this on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook as well so you guys can join in on a fair few of you did that this week of course. Last week we did have The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave which was reappropriated by me as the cotillion killer debutante of death which i must admit i was quite pleased with it's not your worst effort if i'm honest with you i thought it was okay um however can anyone top me the short answer is probably yeah um <laughs> let's take a quick look at what we've got cp buckley when neurosurgeon dr pediatrician played by bruce willis starts an affair with one of his married patients played by goldie hawn okay so ringing a bell he gets more than he bargained for when his wife penny played by meryl streep finds out about his cheating Unknown to the doctor, his wife has been experimenting with black magic and has made a deal with who she believes is a lower-level demon but is in fact Death, who it turns out is getting bored with his job. He grants her his abilities for one week in order to get revenge on her husband. But a consequence of her newfound powers is that with every kill she makes, she becomes more and more like Death. Now her husband must run for his life and save his new mistress. It's 1994 black comedy horror, Her Becomes Death. Right, okay. I see. Clever. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Matthews, Amy Adams stars in this incredible adaptation of the pan horror story about the vengeful spirit of a faceless woman who uses her muscle car to run over sleazy men and collect their heads as trophies in the upcoming Blumhouse release, Mustang Scully. (laughs) 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 To be followed in 2022 by Mustang Scully, Ride Scully Ride. Lovely. That's a great sequel title for that. Yes. Hanny underscore Ray then. Okay. Patty Cake looks like a model. She's perfect. Too perfect. That's because she keeps her youthful appearance through devouring the flesh and lives of others. And now she's looking for a new dinner date. She is the beautiful face of death. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Alexis, Cosmic Ray Girl then. 
Tweed McCoy is a straight-laced dime-store bandit from the right side of town. <laughs> One evening he meets the smouldering Susie Gillette. She's a hedonistic hairdresser from the wrong side shed of town, and she fancies giving her new beau Tweed a close shave. It's 1983's Gillette. Is she really the best a man can get? Coming to a barbershop near you. <laughs> quite like that title. <laughs> yeah, I quite like it also. Uh, James Rodriguez, when Martin cheered his kink to be given head by Skeletor, this isn't what he meant. See the hilarious fallout in 1982's Lost in Translation, thank goodness I didn't mention scissoring. <laughs> Bill Carr then as well on Twitter Married couple Jeb and Hetty Gelding Are involved in a traumatic farmyard accident Leaving them both terribly mutilated Hetty loses the skin from her face And her eyesight due to a lack of eyes <laughs> Jeb's lower body is completely severed below the neck Leaving him infertile <laughs> Determined to improve agricultural safety standards, they work together with Jeb acting as Hetty's eyes and Hetty acting as Jeb's legs to lobby government for regulatory change in Landward the movie. What? In Landward the movie. <laughs> Bill quickly becoming one of my favourites. Um, yeah, Bill strongly in the rising star category at the moment, I would say. And finally, Lord National Carter. Jeez, not again. Police officer Geraldine Durkis has, has <laughs> Police officer Geraldine Durkis had it all. A handsome and successful husband, a house in the suburbs, and promotion to detective. Oh wow. But it was gone in a flash after a team of violent criminals set fire to her in a raid gone wrong. Jesus. The thugs got away, but little do they know, so did Geraldine. And she's back to weigh the scales in burning justice. She'll give you a head start. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, best pitch and best character oh, name, okay. please. Uh, okay, I'm going to give best character name to Lauren Ashley Carter. For Geraldine Durkis. Geraldine Durkis, I like it, and I like the fact that she's managed to climb the ladder despite being a woman. Yep, it's true, smashing that glass ceiling, we appreciate that. Absolutely, and best pitch to Bill Carr, because I, top to bottom, loved it. I loved that the couple managed to kind of pull things together despite unbelievable circumstances and make things better. I was a big fan of the bureaucracy, top to bottom, loved it. Yeah, I was very ready for the end part, the kind of third act of that pitch to end in them going on a rampage. So the fact that they just kind of uh, started lobbying regulatory commissions instead. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Bill's developed a very uh, a very acute understanding of both of our senses of humour very quickly. Mm, he's, plenty, he's plenty of strengths and to my clearly childish wants and needs. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, I guess it's my turn then. Yeah, it's on the way... Jesus Christ, Andy. <laughs> okay, so uh, no border to this image as far as I can tell. Background is black. Uh, the bottom kind of quarter of the image is black, which is what I'm assuming you've called the text from. Correct. Um, okay, so in the foreground of the image, we have uh, people who um, are wearing kind of like underwater kind of scuba gear um, or exploratory uh, nautical gear. Um, sure. Mm -hmm. They're holding um, kind of elaborate looking firearms. Right. Uh, um, kind of look like automatic, uh, automatic kind of guns. They're they've got like big, what do you call those big things of bullets that you wear around your neck? A bandolier. A bandolier. Thank you. I knew there was a word for it. So uh, they are marauding around. It's difficult to see exactly what their um, uh, foe is, but there certainly is a big pile of skulls on either side of them. So sure. I feel like yes. um, others who have ventured here have been less successful. Mm -hmm. It does appear that we're underwater or at least submerged in something. Uh, there's a lot of kind of tentacles or potentially kind of odd-looking forestry in the background. Right, yes. Also, we have what looks like a brain with eyes. 
Okay. Yeah, kind of like a kind of like a, like a kind of like blue gray brain with a couple of piercing purple eyes, kind of like Sauron eyes. Right. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, you can imagine them being considerably smaller than there being two of them. Um, there's also an opening here. <laughs> an opening, you say? Yes. Uh huh. Um. Uh. There, there is indeed an orifice here. Um, and inside there appears to be a fetus with an umbilical cord. Sure. Okay. In there. Yeah. So, uh, so, which, which, I mean, is that attached to the brain, or is that like an image that's kind of in front of it? I'm, is that the mouth of the brain with eyes? Like, is that vagina the brain with eyes mouth? I don't know. I don't. Thank know. you for finally accepting that it looks exactly like a vagina. <laughs> yeah, it's out there now. Okay. Um. So there you go. Um, armed underwater soldiers. Um. <laughs> maraud around against uh, amidst a pile of skulls while eye-brained vagina-mouthed entity looks on I, I can't really say any more than you've already said yeah yeah fine oh, sure. with, uh, 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 with added fetus oh of course let's not forget okay um this is this this is okay um <laughs> this is this is pretty heavy duty stuff right let's do this forward to seeing how you're going to feature this vagina in your pitch you know what honestly uh, you know how i have a tendency to uh kind of shy away from the more blue elements yeah that's my that's entirely my wheelhouse yeah uh-huh, certainly i think that of, of, of the two of us i think that it's certainly it's, it's it's much more it's much more your speed than mine however i am gonna try and lean into it a little bit here because <laughs> an, an, an idea started forming uh, in my head so um and it does involve it does involve that so okay um yeah so i, I might have to just i might just have to subvert people's expectations about the uh my generally pg-13 demeanor um i'm very story. glad i'm very glad this 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 foretells a, a weather change in your personality much you're you're embracing your sexuality <laughs> that's exactly what's happening <laughs> yeah this is my woodstock <laughs> <laughs> right, tell me what you've got then. Okay, here we go. When heavily pregnant bank teller Penny Ernst's water breaks while at work, rigorous bank bureaucracy and a citywide taxi driver strike means she has no option but to drive herself to the hospital. While en route, she inadvertently cuts off another driver at an intersection. Little does she know that the aggrieved driver is a satanic high priest who, in a flurry of road rage, performs a drive-by cursing as he speeds off. As she arrives at the hospital and goes into labour, strange things start happening. Lights flicker, doors open and close on their own, and the attending radiography in turn bursts into flames. Swift biblical intervention from local minister, Father Pius Devout, indicates that Penny is now incubating a Satan spawn, ready to inflict demonic chaos on the world in a matter of hours. Enter eccentric local scientist Peter E. Dish, who had a crackpot, who has a crackpot scheme in mind to save the day? Using his wildly untested shrink ray, he and Pius will downsize to microscopic scale and, via nostril insertion, venture inside Penny to exorcise the demon before the baby is born and the Dark Lord rises. It's a race against time and a brutal test of faith in 1977's exploitation sci-fi classic, Journey to the Fallopian Dystopia. <laughs> wow, that was a, a hell of a long way around when you could have just made something up about being under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was A to B via F, J, and Z, wasn't it? And in a space. 
And inner space, very, very much inner space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I'm assuming, obviously, that I'm swinging fairly wild with my title and synopsis, but my year was 1977, so how close or otherwise was it with that? What year? 77? Yeah. That was 1990. <laughs> okay, right, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, I would never have guessed that poster was from 1990. Okay. Yeah, well, there you go. And mm-hmm. the film is The Rift. The Rift, okay. Tell me more. Well, one thing I want to tell you to start with, Mitch, is this where the pieces connection comes in. Okay. Because this was also directed by Juan Piquier Simon, who directed Pieces and, of course, Slugs. Yes, indeed. Yeah, okay. Um, So that gives me a little bit of an indicator of the kind of thing that we're signing up for here, potentially, then. This is coming in from Anonymous, by the way. No no name on this. Okay, sure. Siren 2, a submarine under the command of Captain Phillips. Um, Not Tom Hanks. Okay, thanks for letting us know. Ventures into the deep on a mission to recover the missing Siren 1. Their quest is hindered when the submarine becomes entangled in a patch of toxic seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough to slow anyone down. That's it, that's that's your law, that's your pitch. Oh, right, okay, okay. So there, the rift. Okay, wow. Um, Have you seen this? Yes, I am a big fan Okay, <laughs> excellent, superb. Um, that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is now everywhere, of course. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, see if you can top Lauren and Bill. Get in and get pitching. So uh, turn their attentions to the streaming platforms for this week then. And uh, the odd thing here and there, not a bad week, I wouldn't say. However, not for Amazon Prime. Fuck all going on over there. Hey, why break with tradition? Um, Sky Cinema though um, having your backs a little bit with something that I missed in the cinema but I am a little bit curious about Um, so this coming Saturday we've got Black Christmas 2019 oh right okay Uh Um, with holidays around the corner Riley and her friends prepare for a Christmas party but when a masked stalker targets girls and goes on a killing spree they decide to fight back elsewhere then on Shudder on Monday so that's today if you're listening on release day The Clove Hitch Killer Tyler's a good boy, a boy scout, raised by a poor but happy family in a small religious town. But when he finds his dad, Don, has disturbing pornography hidden in the shed, he starts to fear that his dad might be Clove Hitch, an infamous serial killer who was never caught. Couple of things on Wednesday on Shudder as well. The night Evelyn came out of the grave, which we've talked about a little bit on the show, of course, recently. Uh, it was Mitch's, uh, It was the Mitch's pictures image last week, of course. Mm-hmm, absolutely. A troubled aristocrat, Alan Cunningham, haunted by the death of his first wife, Evelyn, tries to move on by marrying the seductive Gladys. Marital bliss is short-lived, however, as various relatives meet untimely and gruesome deaths, prompting speculation that a vengeful Evelyn has risen from the grave. Also on Wednesday, we've got What Have You Done to Solange? In this giallo classic, a teacher at girls' school becomes the main suspect in a series of sadistic sex slayings. No. Don't call them those. Um, and on Thursday the 10th, um, and a really interesting one coming to Shudder, actually, Larry Fessenden's Depraved. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So Frankenstein gets a provocative modern update in this stylishly disturbing new film. This one went down really well at the festivals, as I recall. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think it played Fright Fest to start with, eh? It did, yeah, yeah, you're right. Netflix then, a couple of things there, mostly series um, this week, actually. Um, on Thursday, on the 10th, you've got season one of Alice in Borderland. A nameless gamer and his two friends find themselves in a parallel Tokyo where they're forced to compete in a series of sadistic games to survive. Ooh. So potentially Alice in Saw. All right, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and Friday the 11th of December, we've got season one of The Mess You Leave Behind. A teacher starts her job at a high school, but is haunted by a suspicious death that occurred there weeks before and begins to fear for her own life. So that's your lot for this week. Um, I would say as a pick, probably depraved, although I am very curious about the night Evelyn came out of the grave as well. I'm going to say, what have you done to Solange? Okay, I haven't seen that one either, but that's something else that keeps coming up on lists and things. Yeah. 
that I feel like I should probably get to. So there you go. Like I say, I would say like a fairly middling, but not too bad of a week there on the streaming platforms. Yeah, not bad at all. Thanks, Mitch. No problem. So just before we reveal our guest and film for this week, let's talk a little bit about how the next couple of weeks or the next few weeks are going to roll out on the show. Yeah, let's, because we're coming down to it, Mitch. We're coming to the end of the year. We like to take a couple of weeks off across Christmas because we do at least two of these every week and we do it every week. So we like to give ourselves that little break. Yeah, it really is the only two weeks of the year where we kind of stop for breath, and this year will be no different. So our final main episode of the year will fall on Friday the 18th of December. That will be an Andy and Mitch episode. It will be our third consecutive Christmas episode as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while we're talking about Friday the 18th of December, we will also be doing a live show for our pals at Soho Horror Festival. That's right. So uh, Mitch had it not content with doing like however many festivals he's already done this year. What is it, 33? Something like um, that. He's doing another one over the weekend of the 18th of December. Uh-huh. And uh, we are very happy to have been asked back once again. Last time was great. And we will be back talking elves this yeah. time on the Friday evening. Yep, so uh, keep an eye on the Soho socials for that kind of stuff, for updates and, um, I guess, more concrete bits and bobs about how that's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone out there doing some fast mental math, that will also mean that the last mini-sode of the year will be on December 14th, and we will be back with the first mini-sode of 2021 on January 4th. But that's not to say that there won't be some surprises dotted throughout there. Uh, as Christmas, after all. Yes. Uh, I, what I will say is, we're not going to speculate too much on what's coming, but you will not be left completely Andy and Mitchless over the festive season. Yeah, and if you're patrons, you definitely won't be. Yeah, we do have a couple of things lined up, so just we'll be keeping you updated with them just as and when they arise. But in terms of the main episode and the main feed, that's kind of how things are going to be rolling out for the next little while. Yep. However, before all that, we do have an episode coming this Friday. We do indeed, yeah. yeah. And it's the third outing for this person in this particular minisode <laughs> it is indeed yeah i suppose it is um really looking forward to this uh our guest this week has been in all sorts of great stuff over the last few years and beyond you know her from the woman you know her from imitation girl from Jugface, from darling yeah it's a lot of ashley carter this week <laughs> yep my pal lauren joins us this week to talk a film that's quite near to my heart it's a film that, uh, that i've got a lot of affection for it's also the third film that we've done in relatively quick succession by this particular director, all of which have been chosen by women, which is particularly <laughs> interesting. That is interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. 1990 is the year. Okay. The film is Frank Henenlotter's Frankenhooker. We have come within a hair's breadth of doing this on the show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's time. And who better to be our spirit guide through Frankenhooker than Lauren Ashley Carter? Yeah, I'm very excited about this one as well. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one. How are you feeling about it, though? If you want to get in touch with us and talk to us about that and, indeed, everything else we've been talking about today, loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. You can email scenes at gmail.com and you can join in the chat on our Facebook group, The Chud Locker, which is mostly just people talking about the terrible movies that they watch on Amazon Prime. Yay! <laughs> but Amazon Prime, never stop doing what you're doing because... You're a valuable resource. Absolutely. I, I, I think as integral to um, people's 2020 survival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Uh, by the way, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes. We will be giving a shout out to a new patron at the end of this episode. But sure. uh, just want to say again, massive thanks to everyone who has dug into their pockets and massive thanks to other people who have increased their pledges this 
this is mad that you're doing this. It's crazy. Thank you so much. Really, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for doing that. We will have some stuff coming up, like we just mentioned. We'll also be trying to get another watch-along put in place before the end of the year. Yeah, stay with us for all that. Um, some, uh, Yeah, stay with us for all that. Some content coming up very soon in the Patreon feed as well. However, this Friday in the main feed, we are talking Frankenhooker with Lauren Ashley Carter. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chats. Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to say thank you to someone getting on the Patreon train with us this week. Yeah, again, amazing, amazing. Every time someone does this, I can't believe that it's happening. It's just, you guys are under no obligation to do this, so it's amazing. Yeah, um, one of the biggest things that's happened with the show this year is just getting it to a point that it is kind of self-sustaining. Yeah. And yeah. that's been amazing. It's been huge for us, and it's entirely down to the kindness of you guys, not least Gregory, our yeah. new patron. Yeah, Gregory. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. You, I, I, I say it all the time. There's loads of stuff you could be spending your money on. You could be buying expensive caramels. Yep, you could be going to those weird off licenses that have those cool continental fizzy drinks and buying those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be buying like glamorous beers, and you, and you could be buying like expensive wines and and oils. Like you know, you know, you <laughs> get those shops where you can buy like expensive olive oils and vinegars. <laughs> Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, they're really uh, like the fancy artisanal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You could be getting like raspberry vinegar. Um, but no, you're here giving us your money and thank you so much. Yep, thanks a lot, Gregory. And for everybody else, patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes. A lot of stuff going on over there. Take a look at it. You never know. There might be something that catches your eye. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. <laughs>